The Youthscape Podcast. Well, uh, you've reached the uh, YS Podcast on a very serious, serious day because Martin has just told me that he is about to tell us what he was like at school. I don't even sit this close, actually. I don't know, you've really... I've leant right into the microphone. You've adopted the position of a late <laughs> night... You know, like a late yeah, night course. Yeah, exactly. Like women's hour, late, late night women's hour. That's imagine, imagine you as a late night radio call host. Tell me about your school days. So Martin, tell us about your school days, because we, the, this episode, we're going to talk all about schools. Schools ministry, working young people in formal and informal education. So Martin... Can I just open brackets? Hello everyone, welcome to the Youthscape podcast. That was Rachel Gardner, I'm Martin Saunders. Uh, if you want to get in touch about anything, podcast at youthscape.co.uk. Close brackets. Close brackets. Good question, Rachel. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, great question. Uh, well, sadly, my school days were in no way memorable for anyone involved. So um, I, I didn't like school at all. Oh. I have a good experience of school. I got bullied a bit at school. Oh, what, yeah. like, all the way through, like from primary and secondary. No, primary school was all right. Yeah. I was a bit precocious in primary school, oh, and then in secondary school, got very much put in my place, uh, and wasn't hugely popular, uh, which was one of the reasons I fell in with the Christians, of course. Very um, <laughs> fair game. But uh, yeah, I mean, I didn't, I didn't enjoy school, and I. I just all the memories I have at school are about things going a bit wrong. I remember being forced to run around a football pitch too many times and throwing up. Oh gosh! Yeah, I remember being electrocuted in a physics lesson. Uh, excuse me, what school were you at? You were at Borstal. Uh, no, it was a regular high school. It was just a regular Martin. grammar school. Grammar school. And uh, and that was probably the, tri- the, the the sort of high point was getting in. Mm. And then from there it was a slow decline. It was interesting actually. I was one of those kids who, you know, Malcolm Gladwell in his book David and Goliath says. Mm that um, you're much better off being the strongest person in a, in a weaker field than the weakest person in a stronger field. So he talks about Harvard, kids that have scraped into Harvard never do very well, whereas kids that um, didn't quite get into Harvard excel in their second grade you know, uh, uh, schools. And, um, and I had that experience, so I scraped into uh, grammar school past, mm. just past the 11 plus, and I didn't do very well at all at school. So I was I was rather unpopular, as frequently injured as you heard, and uh, and quite pleased to be done with it. How about you, Rach? Love to imagine <laughs> you. Why don't you brighten the day by telling us about your hilarious school days? Well, I I read a lot of Mallory Towers when I was at school, <laughs> and I think I actually thought I was at Mallory Towers. Did you go to boarding school? I went to boarding school. I went <gasps> to boarding school. I managed to get a um I sat an exam and got in, and at the same time my family were homeless and lived with different people. Of so it's one of those combinations of, actually it's quite good for this, this girl to have some kind of stability in all the craziness that's happening. Um, and it was a school that I think back in the day had taken in quite a lot of young people from more deprived backgrounds. So I kind of got in on that kind of thing. But it meant that I was the girl who was homeless in a school with girls who were the daughters of barons and wow. politicians. And it was an interesting one because although on the one hand, teenagers are teenagers, like it doesn't actually matter where you come from and how much money a family has. But on the other hand, I felt on the back foot quite a lot because my home life was so different. And I remember my dad coming to pick me up from school one day and uh, we didn't have a car in those, and that took a time. And I was about 13 
and he, he drove the church minibus, which I think had some lovely slogan about the king of the world on the side of it, Aww. and the back door that fell off as he drove onto the school. So, so I do remember those moments that now feel like actually quite glossy, mallowy towels, quite fun memories. But at the time, I think I was just like, I don't fit, I don't fit, I don't fit. Um, yeah, so I think we've both got quite Gosh. interesting stories, haven't we? Look, yeah. look yeah. at us. Do you know what's interesting? I don't know if you want to do the same for me, but, but I would imagine the very different school days for... Rachel Gardner. So I'd imagined you in a sort of Grange Hill comprehensive. <laughs> I'd imagine you in one of those sort of black blazers, never quite wearing the uniform, oh, right? Oh no, I was always, always wearing not, you know, always kind of like mm. breaking the rules slightly, mm. smoking behind the bike sheds, uh, getting other girls into trouble. Really? This yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's how I imagine you. And I imagine at some point you had like a redemptive moment. Moment, yeah. You know, and therefore that was how you became the Rachel Gardner we all know and love today. No, I think I think I spent most of my teenage years feeling I didn't fit in, feeling fairly insecure. But what saw me through was I had a profound love of uh, the transcendence. It's gonna, I'm, I'm going to go off on one now, but I just remember looking at looking out at my school friends when I was doing drama and thinking, I love them, I want to communicate to them, I want to be the best, kind of whatever role I was playing. I remember like playing sports and not being very good at it, but having those moments of, yeah, we can do this. So I think what saw me through my school years was the fact that I really loved people. And although I felt like I didn't fit in, my curiosity about people and my genuine love of being with lots of crazy people kind of won over all the time. So I think I was one of those kids that Kind of, kind of scraped wow. my jaw. Managed to get through because I was genuinely curious about everybody, and I liked, and I liked kind of connecting. But yeah. So how would you imagine me at school? Well, I, I, because I, I imagine that you would be the kid that'd be quite funny to sit next to, and you'd get everyone into trouble because you would not laugh, but you'd make everybody sit next to you laugh. Yeah, no, I that didn't happen it. at all. Oh no, gosh! No, no one ever laughed at my jokes. Oh, I think they just, they just kicked <laughs> me. Just threw stuff at me. But what about in terms of, you said that you were gathered up by the Christians. I was gathered up so by what, the Christians. So what does that mean? I mean, do you, was there a Christian union and a kind of archetypal and what happened? There was. I wonder whether, am I going to tell the story now then? Oh, sorry. We just well, I don't know. We were going to tell the story later, but. It's, it's a fascinating story of how Martin came to faith, actually. Yeah. I think, I think we owe quite a lot to these Christians that saw a bit of a. Well, maybe. A bit of a cheeky boy. Maybe. And gathered him up. So we can say that for a bit later. Tell you what, listener. We're going to say that for a little bit later. Yeah. I'll tell you what got me through yeah. school interestingly was um playing video games and staying up late and watching comedy on bbc2 and stuff like that and i don't say that to be like uh frivolous mm. uh, genuinely what got me through the school day was the promise of a really fun home life oh, afterwards now i didn't, didn't have any friends or anything i didn't sort of go home and hang out with people until you know joining the christian youth group but actually it was really important to me that my parents um, let me stay up late and let oh. me have a TV in my room and let me play computer games at night. All the things All now, the things now I would advise people not to do. My kids aren't having TVs no. in their bedrooms, but actually having a you know access yeah. to like fun stuff in my evening was my release valve. And if I hadn't had that, I think school would have been unbearable. Mm. So that's an interesting little it bit is. of devil's advocate, isn't it? It absolutely Gosh. is. I remember climbing lots of trees. And I, I remember um, reading lots well, you, of you, you were like in an Enid Blyton I novel. Was, I was. And I, I remember like climbing a tree and getting stuck up there and missing the whole afternoon in school and getting into so much trouble. It's actually in Mallory Towns. I think that it happens. probably is, yeah. It was that kind of stuff. It was it was crazy. But I, I do I do remember in my final year walking towards the, uh, the little kitchen for the sixth form and hearing some young people that I thought were really close friends 
just being really quite unkind about me in a way that we all do for each other all the time. Mm. But I remember leaving high school and thinking, God, the people I thought were my friends really, really weren't. So I remember my gap year, I really hit rock bottom. And, I, and, and actually, I would say that really I became a Christian in my gap year. Although I grew up in a Christian family and I had professed faith and I was very active in our Christian union, I was so I'm sure you were. feline for you. Probably, it didn't, I didn't own it until in my gap year, I suddenly found myself in the middle of Portugal, stranded with this crazy Christian band, and suddenly thinking, actually, everything I've ever known is rubbish. Nobody loves me. This is awful. It's all a lie. And that was my moment of, okay, then, Rachel, this is your life. What are you going to do then? How are you going to choose to live? So it's really interesting, isn't it, how those experiences of childhood and, t- and the teenage years and the you were stranded in Portugal I with think, a Christian band. Yes, I was part of the Continentals. Continentals! The Continentals. The Continentals. And we had a coach, and we, we travelled around Portugal and Spain doing these gigs. Uh, but I managed to get myself a little bit lost. And ended up in this, this farm, and uh, stayed with a family. And they very kindly slept on the floor so I could sleep in the bed. I mean, it was... On, again, again, I would never let my daughters do anything no. like this. Like, no. it's completely... But Continentals, it wasn't their fault that I got lost. That was my fault. Um, but in that moment, when in the morning, I said to the lady who, who, whose house it was, I'd like a shower, a shower. And I was sort of mimicking, washing my hair. And she said, I'll see, see. And she went and got a bucket of water. And I stood outside where the chickens were. And she literally... Whether she did this, I can't remember. But in my memory... I think she chucked the water over my head. Wow. And but something in me went, what are you doing? Wake up. Like, what are you doing, Rachel? You can't just spend the rest of your life just wow. kind of on the coattails of your family's faith. <gasps> Is this going to be real or not? So I came back to the UK. And it was like a metaphor. It was. But not a metaphor. It was. <laughs> it was a very wet metaphor. Wow. Yeah. And we came back to the UK and I said, God, you have two weeks. How kind am I? God, I gave God two whole weeks. To sort you To out. reveal himself to me. And did he? Well, he didn't reveal himself to me how I wanted him to, but in those two weeks, I was talking to him for two weeks. Yeah. By the end of it, he went, mm. And you, you no longer you. rejoined the, the Continentals. Who I just, they sound like, they sound like, I mean, we sound why, like, why, why, why have I never heard the Continentals? I well, can't believe it. Probably because they died on my watch. I don't know. I think I probably broke the Continentals. They were, they were, where is Arlene Singer? <laughs> She's on a farm somewhere. <laughs> Continentals. I hope we can find out at the end of the program. Yeah, that'd be great. If you were in the Continentals <laughs> and you wondered what happened <laughs> to Rachel Gardner, that summer. <laughs> uh, email us at podcast at youthgame.co.uk. Shall we get our guest on? Yes, let's get Emily. Beautiful Emily. The Youthscape Podcast. Emily. Hi. It's good to see you. Welcome to Youthscape. Thank you very and much. And you've come all the way from Leeds. From Leeds. Beautiful, yes, beautiful Leeds. lovely yes. drive today. Oh, was it? Very warm. Are you, are you someone that loves motorway driving? No, to be honest, I'm not a big, not a big driving fan, but uh, there you, wasn't too much traffic, so that's always nice. Do you hog nice. the inside lane? Are you like... No, so I'm very lane disciplined. Over, overtaking only. Oh, you're a dream. I never really understand how it's supposed to work. So, um, what driving? Yeah, pretty much. pretty much. If you've been driven by me, you'd know this. <laughs> uh, but, but in terms of like, you're not allowed to just sit in one lane, no. are you? No. So which lane are you allowed in? The the first one, near like the labour. Oh, the slow one. The slow. It's not a slow lane. No. It's the inside lane. Yeah. And then every other lane is an overtaking lane, which you indicate, you pull out, you pass the vehicle. So if you just stay in the fast lane, that's not okay. No, it's not. I've seen people do that. They do do that. Terrible. Why do you do that? Never. (laughs) 
anyway, it's not about you, Martin. It's, it's not, not about your driving. It's about Emily. And it's about schools. Yes. Schools work. Schools work. So you are a schools worker. That, that's the title, schools worker. Yeah. So I'm uh, actually lead a team of schools workers at Leeds Faith and Schools. Um, but part of my role, I still get to do face-to-face contact time in school as a schools worker. Yes. And what does that look like? So, what, what, And tell me about what it used to look like as well, because if you've probably taken on more kind of responsibility, you may have done less. But, but what does schools ministry, what has it looked like for you? And um, so for the setup in Leeds, we have our schools workers who have responsibility for two or three high schools across the city, and they represent the local church in their local high school and serve the needs of that high school. And so every school, every worker's role looks a little different mm. in that high school. One of the things we pride ourselves on is being a flexible resource to school and so it's helping young people in the school develop young people's spirituality helping them learn about the christian faith connect with the local community local church community and um, and that's probably about it i think the and dot 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 i could see in your mind yeah. you're thinking of all those things that don't really make sense outside of your head but it's all the many things that you do yeah. as a school's worker and one of the phrases i want to pick up that you said was mm. we make sure we we are a flexible resource for schools yes. so why why do schools need a flexible resource why is it not enough to just say we want to run a christian group we want to come and do re lessons is yeah. that is that not happening anymore is that not enough anymore so I uh, think that it's listening to the needs of school and then responding. So sometimes those things, so it, I want to always make it easy for school to say yes. So we've got time, we've got availability, uh, we can put suggestions to them, but then it's ta- tailoring it when they say, oh, actually what we really need is we've got, um, oh, we have a bunch of year nine girls who are really struggling with X. We can say, well, what does that look like? Could that be... Does that, is that pastoral work? Oh, no, no, we have that. Okay, well, what about a lunch club or safe space that they could come have? Oh, yeah, that would be great. Um, and so I guess it's similar material, but looks... And making sure the school are kind of at the heart of the strategy that you have. So you're not just thinking, what are the things that we want to do in school? What are the needs of the school community? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So schools ministry has changed quite a lot in the last maybe 20 years. Yes. Um, so I hear I'm not that old. Uh, of course not. I imagine you're barely 20. Yeah, barely. Uh, barely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, barely, honestly. But, uh, but when I was in school, it was okay for people to come in and essentially preach and proselytise and talk openly about the Christian faith and why you should join it. Yeah. I don't think it's like that anymore. No. So, so how, how does that contrast today? What, what are you allowed to do? What would you want to do in well, school? So I think that's probably a better question, isn't it? What what are you allowed to do? I mean, like things you're not allowed to do probably aren't great for young people, so let's not do those. Uh, what do you want to do? Well, what is the mission of the local church? That's the question, like, why are you there in the community? What is it that you um, want for those young people? Um, and so, actually, I think for the churches, we want to see those young people live life in all its fullness. And yes, we want them to understand the purpose of the church and understand the Christian faith um, but also I want them to grow in their own beliefs I want them to consider other people's beliefs and I want them to yeah reflect I guess reflect on that and um, I think the church has a role that we can play in helping young people do that well and there's something to do also in here with young people not engaging they don't sit and engage with a 
preach or teach in that way mm. anymore. So there's... The young people have changed. Yeah. So in terms of like, the purpose of standing at the front and giving a gospel presentation and asking people to stand up and come and join the church, that's... Mm. Young people aren't considering joining the church in that sort of way. They right. don't consider to align themselves with, I think, a belief or okay. faith or, or anything really from that necessarily that presentation anymore I feel like for them they've got so much so many voices so much information surrounding them that we are just one of many and it's the consistency that the local church and the people within the church can offer that uh, I think young people are looking for and craving that same voice which uh, allows them space to explore faith or what they even really believe now, I uh, remember a cover of Youth Work magazine about 10 years ago when uh, Amy, was then stock, now Amy told me, uh, took over the editorship of the magazine for a month and she, uh, she made it all about schools ministry and she, uh, she called the issue that the front page said, everyone's a schools worker. Yes, and, that's uh, good. And that's something that, that she has sort of banged a drum for for a long time. Um, I wonder whether when we think of schools ministry... Uh, we think of specialists who are who know the education context and go in and do work specifically as schools workers because they, you know, in schools because they're schools workers. And we might think of some adventurous youth workers who decide to spend some of their time in school because that's where all the young people are most of the time. Is there also a role for churches that don't have um, uh, a paid youth worker even? They have a volunteer team running a Friday, you know, Friday night youth group and a Sunday night Bible study in that sort of traditional mould. Is there still a role for them to get involved in school? Uh, definitely, maybe. I think is that the line there. So there's, it, if you're running youth ministry hosted by volunteers, then they've got volunteer time, so you can't necessarily. Uh, get them to be available during the day, they might be working, have jobs. I think depending on what you feel like the church has to offer depends on if you're able to do that school's ministry. So yes, you need to have a think about what, like who you are, isn't it? Because actually what who you are affects what you're able to offer. So in Leeds, what's the relationship like between Leeds Faith and Schools and local youth workers in the local churches? What does that look like? Great. So we um, work Alongside local church youth workers, we try and bring them on board to join us in school. Yeah, we like to connect them with the local youth worker and uh, often the youth worker is the one uh, who sees them around on the weekend and Morrison's and the shops. So uh, there's I guess, overlap there with mm. all of those young people who are part of the church. They get to see their youth worker in school and then and vice versa and that's a great point isn't it I think I was just reflecting of the, of the schools work that I've done on, on off over the years and just the, the impact of a young person seeing you in their school is massive isn't it it's like oh my goodness that's yeah. my youth worker yeah. both for good and for ill yeah. I'm someone who's like oh no she's yeah. there yeah. she's going to embarrass me but I remember also when I was doing quite a lot of schools work mm. in my part of North London there was probably about three or four glorious years where most groups of young people would kind, I kind of know them, or they'd know my name because of an assembly, yeah, or yeah. you know the big scattergun stuff. And I know it's not deep youth work, but it was an amazing experience. Are yeah. you seeing a shift in that? Are you seeing that 
there's less opportunities to do the big kind of assemblies where you get very quickly known and it can kind of spark then these ongoing conversations. Do you find that youth schools work is much more now tailored to quite small groups like the year nine girls that need support at yeah. lunchtime? What is it looking like in schools? So definitely the need, there's massive need for mentors and pastoral support in schools and that can absorb a lot of time if you have that available. Uh, we have... Um, continue to find that there is space for uh, contributions in assemblies in PSHE days where you might end up seeing all of a year group over the course of the school day, RE days, um, that sort of big style youth work. That's like that's still like, needed in school and schools, particularly schools which have switched on to the sort of SMSC development goals, hit, like making sure that's done really well within uh, the school environment. They're those opportunities are still there, they are eager for somebody else to come and share their sort of wisdom or experience or stories with those young people. Uh, I guess in Leeds, it's a big city, so we've never really had that. So I've never known all the groups of young people who might hang around because there's yeah, 40 high the schools massive, in the city. Yeah. And Mine had 10 high schools. Yeah. So yeah, um, so yeah, I think that there is yeah. a difference in how we go about that. But what about um, the dear old Christian Union? Yes, the dear so, old Christian. So that's what schools were. I mean, I'm going to date myself now, but I'm very nearly 40. And so, <laughs> yeah. so we used to have one lunchtime to rule them all. And uh, we would have once a week a Christian union meeting that met. And it was fairly popular. And, and I, so I became a Christian through the work of the Christian union and the, um, the outreach that a Christian schools worker was able to do outside of as a result of that. That was a story you were going to tell. Like, it's a, a story great story. So you became a Christian through a Christian union in through school. Christian schools I, I don't hear many of those stories, and yet they yeah. must exist. Yeah. They must be those stories. So tell us. What, what well, so I'll put it in some context. Yeah. The trust that, uh, that put that worker in school did a 10-year anniversary event like, or 15-year anniversary yeah. event, like, way, way later. And they got me back because I was the big story. Oh. So I'm not sure it's an everyday occurrence, even for those kind of um, But look, you're doing a podcast now. Oh, yeah, yeah. You've reached the heights. But I, I, um, I do owe my kind of Christian faith mm. in, in, and formation in, in some respects to Christian schools work. Yeah, brilliant. And, uh, and I, uh, I had a worker that came in and put up posters all around the school and kept inviting me because it was the Christian Union used to meet in my form room so uh, if it was raining you could go into the the only place you could go into was your form room and if there was an activity on at the time you had to just sit through it so I would see these posters around the school I'd be like oh that looks interesting and then and then when it was raining one day I ended up in the form room and I and I was coming down with a cold or something so instead of making fun of them I actually just sat and listened and at the end of it, decided actually I wanted to become a Christian. That's phenomenal. So, so I'm I'm very kind of like protective over the idea, probably the lost idea of uh, a, an old-fashioned version of schools ministry where you've got uh, people coming in and just evangelising, mm. and people are coming in and running Christian unions. But is there is there any room for that stuff anymore? Because it's interesting what you said earlier yeah. was was that you know is this is this really what young people even need? That's is right, this yeah. really right for young people? And yet. I don't know, I, I wouldn't, I might not be a Christian, I don't know, I mean, you know, we're getting into a theological issue yeah, yeah, here, but, yeah. but I might not be a Christian today. Yeah, it's definitely a thing Had it not been for yeah. Terry Miller, and the, now, rainy, and the rainy Wednesday. Terry Miller and the rainy Wednesday, it's like a really, a great, really, really boring <laughs> children's novel. Um, so I guess I, uh, I just don't talk about evangelism 
and use that. I know maybe I'm terrible Christian. I don't. You're not a terrible no, Christian. It doesn't, um, <laughs> like, evangelism just isn't a particularly popular word at the moment, maybe, yeah, yeah. that I wouldn't talk about, like, oh, what I want to be doing in school is evan- evangelizing sounds pretty uh, unpleasant, actually. I feel like I don't want to be, like, evan- like evangelizing people. Um, I guess I want to be revealing the love of God to young people. And okay. um, so, is there room for is there room for a Christian union? Yes, there's room for like schools love that like for young people with faith to feel supported and to to come alongside each other and, and they do themselves. Yeah. They, like, yeah. and there's local church workers who will help support that. Excellent, and ha- help support those young people living out their faith, sharing it with their friends in school. Yes, the, like yes, there's space for that. Should we mourn the loss of old school schools work? Uh, I guess if you if that's if that's your job and that's what you've done for the past ten years and you're finding less space to do it, then perhaps you do need to mourn it. But I think schools are massively in need that day. We they're not. Um, uh, yes, teachers, staff, students. It's not all a bed of roses. I think, mm. think we see that in the media and like the church has a lot to offer. We have a lot of resources. Mm. Um, and so finding the more creative ways or the more useful ways, mm. making that available to school mm. has massive amount of value. Mm. Yeah. I really hear you saying, actually, it's been the presence of love, the presence of Jesus. So uh, you've dropped the E word, the evangelism. I'm, so I'm going to ask you a really provocative question again. And I suppose it is loaded, but we're, we're discussing this and, and being real about what schools work say looks like. So how important is it to you that this mentoring, drop-in projects, support, well, all the stuff that I've been doing as well, I love it, I'm totally over it. How important is it to you that people know that you're identified as a Christian schools work? I mean, look, where does the word Christian schools worker fit into that, around that space for you? Yeah, so it is important, I think, that, that the young people, that their parents, school know that we are that we are Christians, that we're from the local church. We're not another, we're not just another service. We're not a contract that somebody has bought in. Um, and certainly that also in terms of that communication helps with knowing, well, what are we there to, for mentoring? We're not uh, crisis intervention. We're not there to counsel young people. We are there to mentor them, to be present week in, week out for um, and build a positive relationship during that young person's, uh, I guess, the time that they need that. And that's different to a, I guess, an in- intensive uh, counselling presence. And to know that the local church is available to do that, and there are Christians who are willing to do that. Uh, yeah, I think it's important. And I think learning how we can make sure we communicate that clearly mm-hmm. to everybody. It's amazing. And an immense privilege. I can just see yeah. that. Because you just see your role as an incredible privilege to have this. And I suppose also ministering to teachers, isn't it? I remember when I was doing schools work that one of my things that I'd do each week was I'd go into the the, uh, the uh, staff room and wash up mugs. Now, I know that in schools that probably has yeah. changed. People are much more in their departments. But I'd be like, actually, every week I'm going to wash up all your mugs because I want, I want the presence of the people that love Jesus in this place. Mm-hmm. And there are many all across the school, not just the schools workers. Yeah. It's to be such a beautiful, beautiful witness. Yeah, and I've been talking to churches, and interestingly, so churches who don't have employed youth workers, who don't have any youth attending on a Sunday or in part of a youth group, and I've been speaking to them recently about how they might think about blessing their local high school, and a couple of them are going to purchase 
strawberries and cream on the last day of term, take them up to the staff, like the kids will actually be out, it'll be the staff training day at the end of term. That's great. And you're like, yeah, you know, this is, this is a way they would have never thought, you know, oh, we can't do anything, we can't work with teenagers. But actually, what we're saying is, you know, you can, you can work with the adults and they, the teachers there, they are working day in, day out, mm. really hard with those teenagers. So let's be a blessing to them. That's fantastic. To the extent that they're able to. And if that's just once a year gift, like that is a blessing. And if that's the amount that we they can give, let them give mm. it. It doesn't have to be mm. a worker on the ground. If they yeah, can't do it that, have yeah. To be, it's like more than we can mm. sustain week mm. in, week out, year in. And that ends up being a bit of a, a vision in the end for every church yeah. to be involved. Yeah, as you asked earlier. To, like, to adopt yeah. their local school and say, look, we're going to do something. Even if it's starting really small with finding out when the inset days are and putting some croissants out or something. I know my wife as a teacher would be uh, richly blessed by that. So yes. if just one more teacher gets to eat a croissant as a result of this podcast. And I think my friends as well, who are also teachers, the other thing I often hear is that sometimes in churches, we get our youth workers stand up and we pray blessing on our youth workers mm. and we don't do the same for our teachers or social yeah, workers yeah, or right. loan support workers or receptionists in school. Yeah. Or we tend to go to the teacher to be the volunteer for the drop-in project. Right. So I yeah. think there's a lot, there's a lot yeah. actually how the church blesses teachers in the congregations too. Yeah. Well, Emily, we are very happy you're here. And because you're a schools worker... We're going to play a game with you. Excellent. I like a good game. There's no getting wet. You were worried before. Yes, you, I was. Like, will I get wet? Because no one's asked. So no, far. no one's asked that. We might play a game. No one's You're asked. You're a true school Maybe we should yeah. introduce a sort of water-based yes. forfeit yeah. into this game. But we won't do it today. Thanks. Uh, We've got so too much nice equipment. We're that's doing. it. So, so the game is uh, this. called the word game because we can't think of a better, uh, a better name for it so far. Um, we have some uh, youth workers in our drop-in here in this building who talk to young people to find out, not the words they're necessarily using because we've had some pretty brutal words, mm-hmm. uh, but what are some uh, words that their peers in youth culture are, are using at the moment. As you can tell, this is going to be, yeah. there's only, you can only lose at this game. Okay, you can't yeah, really I'm win. Not win. Okay. Um, so uh, we're going to hear from Matt words, who's going to read words, us words, this week's word. word. Today's word is snake. Snake. Right. Okay. Spelt like snake. Looks like lake snake. Sounds like snake. Emily, what do you think that means? Do you have any idea? Have you heard it used? Because I'm being a bit smug now. I think you I think know. You know this one. I think I know this one. No. So I'm. Um, maybe it's a Luton thing, not a Leeds thing. Probably. I probably probably the Luton southern thing, not a. Uh, a southern thing. thing. A southern um, thing. <laughs> um, they're all clean. Right, okay, again, true schools worker. Yes, we have said to our team, keep them as clean as possible. We've screened out quite a few. What does snake mean? Uh, Does snake mean, like, shady? Like, somebody's a bit, like, uh, unreliable, untrustworthy? A bit snake. A bit snake. Oh, that's a bit. That's a bit snake. They're a snake. I think think it's the person. They are are a snake. snake. I think, and I think it's a bit like snitch. Yeah. But I think uh, I think snake is a bit more two faced. So snake okay. is where you maybe go and tell somebody. Yeah, but, but snake is a bit more two faced. Like they, so I think it's probably in that family. It's in the snitch snake family. I'm gonna I'm gonna guess completely differently. Okay. Uh, I think it means good. Oh, because, because you had to. It usually means good. It, right? I know most of them mean good. most of them mean, mean good. Right. So I, I'm gonna say it means something's 
Real, yeah, you know those fresh crepes, they're snake. They're snake. Me and Emily, me and Emily reckon it means like snitch, snake, two-faced. Come on then, Matt, tell us. So snake means to totally annihilate someone, to beat them. You know I'm going to snake him 2-0 at FIFA. No! I, I, would like, I would like another kind of opinion on that because I absolutely think snake is two-faced as well. I absolutely do. I'll Even take it back to Leeds. Tell them all, I'll snake them at okay, this next time. So it means winning. Okay, we've got to beat someone. To beat something. something as well. Absolutely snaked him at FIFA. Oh, you you love it. I've got it wrong, but I'm so happy. I'm going to phone your wife and find out if you're using these phrases with your kids. I bet you are. Anyway, Emily, thank you so much for joining us. That was a fantastic conversation. And friends, thanks for tuning in. And keep your questions and comments coming. Loads of you probably do schools work. Loads of you might fit it around other things that you do. Or schools might be the main place that you're based. You might even have been given an office by the school to base your work in school. So we'd love to hear, what does schools ministry look like for you? And what do you think the future is going to be as there's more pressures and maybe more concerns over the proselytization and kind of what does Christians in schools what does that mean so please comment to us podcast at youthscape.co.uk that's all from us bye for now we hope you're enjoying the Youthscape podcast it is free and always will be but if you would like to support us uh, please visit patreon.com slash youthscape You are really, you're a single pro at work right here.